Hello, welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person. And on this edition of The Conversation, we'll talk with Deepmani Kumar, engineer with the DPWES Stormwater Planning Division. That's the Department of Public Works and Environmental Services. Now, they have just completed a huge project rehabbing four dams to bring them up to modern standards for safety and environmental quality at a cost of about $12 million, with the state kicking in for a little more than half of that, which is good for uh, county taxpayers. We'll talk about the project, how long it took, what an accomplishment uh, it was, the cooperation and coordination between different agencies involved, and uh, a lot of stuff along that line. But before we do all that, we want to talk a little bit about our guest today. Dumani, first of all, thank you for, uh, for being with us today on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Let's, let's talk about you a little bit. Uh, you're uh, an engineer with the Stormwater Planning Division. So, so what does an engineer with stormwater planning do? Yes, uh, the Stormwater Planning Division is, uh, you know, one of the several divisions in the in the Department of Public Works and Environmental Services, and um, our focus is really stormwater quantity and quality. And stormwater is anything that's generated uh, because of a rain event. Okay. Um, okay. And you know, the more developed an area is, the you know the more difficult it is to to maintain stormwater. Uh, quality right. and make sure that our uh, streams are um, stay uh, uh, are not impacted significantly right. and also there are the quantity impacts be, because mm-hmm. uh, when we have very large right. events you have the possibility of flooding and is that because of the the I guess loss of trees and natural ground area and that kind of thing that's right. It's primarily because of the impervious areas that right. that get built up. Hmm. Okay. Now, how long have you been? How long you've been doing this? How long you've been with the uh, storm order? How long have you been with the county? Yeah, I've been with the county. Uh, it'll be 15 years in oh, March, wow. Wow. and um, yeah, I've been working in this area for about over 20 years. Wow. Okay. What uh, What interested you about it? How'd you How'd you get involved in, in this area of of business, if you will? Yeah. Uh, you know, I I grew up um, in, in East Africa on a uh, actually on a coffee uh, research station. My oh, dad cool. was a researcher there, and he his main interest was irrigation. He huh. was uh, from the from the um, uh, plant physiology side. Right. But so I was always interested in water. And then when I went to school, I I got I was drawn towards water resources, right. and I've always been and the environment. Right. And so um, you know, I completed my undergraduate studies in India, and then came here. And did the graduate work mm-hmm. in, in water resources, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's just uh, uh, something I I find fascinating. Right. In. Well, and I th- you know as I'm sitting here listening to your story and thinking about it, you know, water, rain, it's kind of one of those things we take for granted, perhaps. I mean, you know, I turn on the faucet and the water's there, and you know, every so often it rains or it snows, and we have you know water on the ground, and then it it goes somewhere. So it's like do you, is that kind of the case? Do you think most people just don't don't think about it? Yeah, and and I think it's it's um, a lot of things. The entire uh, you know infrastructure that supports mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know that that public works mm-hmm. ma- maintains it's it's really out of sight and <laughs> right right um, and people just take it for granted. Yeah, but but water is such a a powerful um, 
I was going to say resource. I don't know if that's the right word, but force of nature, I guess. I mean, uh, the storm water, when if, if, like you said, a heavy rain, I mean, it can cause flooding and serious erosion. And I mean, it's, it's a powerful force that we don't think about until it, something happens to us. Uh, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, too little is, is very bad and too much is, is yeah. also very bad. Yeah. So um, I think we're, we're fortunate here, of course, that, you know, uh, we, we do get a few um, significant, you know, events, mainly tropical systems, hurricanes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tropical storms. But for the most part, we don't really have a shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, too much, too little is, right. is right. of water. So a little bit more before we dive into the, the project we're talking about. What do you think about when you're away from the, away from the work? What do you do? Do you have hobbies? Or what, what keeps you busy when you're not uh, worrying about uh, stormwater planning and runoff and that type of thing? Well, <laughs> well, these days, you know, I have uh, I have a daughter in high school, uh, so, so uh, you're busy. You have no free time. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, but otherwise, I I really enjoy taking uh, trips to national parks. Of okay. you know, my goal is to visit all oh, all nice. the major national parks in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, how, how far along are you? Um, I've I've gone to about ten. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, cool. That's an awesome goal. Hope you hope you make it. Keep us informed about that. We're we're talking with Deep Money Kumar about the uh, Pohick Creek Facilities Rehabilitation Project, and that sounds like a government government name. Sounds real exciting. So so what does that mean? Pohick Creek Facilities Rehabilitation. What what is that in a nutshell? Yes, um, the Pohick Creek watershed is one of the designated watersheds in the the way in stormwater the way we manage. Um, areas mm-hmm. is, is designate watersheds. Okay. And a watershed is is a defined area where um, it runoff, um, you know, from, I guess, from the ridge lines uh, flows through and c- comes down to the main tributary of the watershed. Okay. So, for example, people might know Pohick Creek, mm-hmm. and that's the main stem that goes to Pohick Bay. Okay. But there's a watershed, a drainage area that... Uh, kind of uh, where water, you know, from the ridge lines flows down into. Okay. So we have designated watersheds. So the Poy Creek uh, watershed is one of them. It's one of the bigger ones. Okay. And then in the 19, um, starting, I guess the planning started in the late 60s, but in the 1970s through the early 80s, uh, the Natural Resources Conservation Service that was then known as the Salt Conservation Service uh-huh. built these six facilities. Uh, the Pohick Creek uh, dams, and we commonly refer to them as the PL566 dams, <laughs> okay. and that's Public Law 566, which was uh, the authority under which these dams were built. Okay. Um, and at that time, Pohick Creek was, uh, you know, the population was growing, and they wanted to see these dams are were actually built by, you know, NRCS or then SSCS, primarily in the rural areas. And, mm-hmm. you know, this was kind of a unique experiment at that time, mm-hmm. that here's a, a rapidly uh, developing area. You know, let's see how these uh, facilities do for flood control and stormwater management. Oh, okay, okay. So the original project, that it was for flood control, that type of thing. And, and then I assume the county has been built up more, et cetera, and there was 
a need to do something to rehab rehab these dams, or is it just a normal maintenance? Or I mean, yeah. why, I guess the, the the simple question is why do this project? Right. So uh, in in um, 1995. Mm-hmm. There was a, an event in Madison County, Virginia. It wasn't even a tropical event, but it produced a lot of rainfall. Um, it was about uh, 18 inches in 24 hours, mm, which a is a very significant. Yeah. And what happened is there's a dam there called White Oak Dam, also built by the Natural Resources Conservation Service. Okay. And the emer- well, the auxiliary spillway. We we don't refer to them as emergency spillways uh, because you know people get the impression that. It's only used during an emergency. Okay. What, what it is is it releases uh, the auxiliary spillway. Um, you have a principal spillway mm-hmm. through which most of the events pass, and then you have an auxiliary spillway which activates during the large events. Okay. So this auxiliary spillway at, uh, in Madison County, the White Oak Dam there, actually failed, and um, you know as it w- as it failed, it, there's this thing called a head cut which forms at the at the base of the spillway, and it started moving up. And if it had breached the spillway, you potentially have uh, a failure of the dam, which would have released a lot of water. But fortunately, there was uh, um, the, uh, when, it, when it got to the, you know, what we mm-hmm. refer to as the control section, the flat section okay. of the spillway, uh, there was granite there, and, and ah. it stopped. Okay. So that got people thinking, NRC has started investigating, you know, how safe, I think nationwide, uh, this, I believe this triggered, uh, um, or at least was one of the triggers for the National Dam Rehabilitation Program for NRCS. And independently, the county started looking at, you know, four of the facilities that we had. Now, two of them, one of of them had already been rehabilitated. Okay. and the other one has a very large spillway. So they weren't worried about two of them, but these four that we're going to be talking about, they uh, they did independent studies. And the studies did show that while it wasn't a project that was of an emergency nature, but it was prudent to rehabilitate these spillways and make them mm-hmm. uh, make sure that they did not fail during uh, the design event. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is and, and the four specifically that we're talking about, looking at some notes here that you gave me, were the Royal Lake Dam, the Wood Glen Lake Dam, the Lake Barton Dam, and Huntsman Lake. That's Is that right. correct? Okay. Yeah. And so there there were two others that you mentioned out of the six dams that the county owns. Yeah. Okay. And those, right. But those two are okay. What, yes. what are those? Uh, Lake Braddock, which had been uh, rehabilitated, uh, well, before the studies right. were done. Right. I forget the exact date. And and. Lake Mercer, okay. which which has a really large spillway, and they didn't expect. Uh, I guess there was no um, no issues that they really needed to exactly. be concerned about. Okay, so someone's listening right now who lives near or around Royal Lake, uh, Woodland Lake, Lake Barton, uh, Huntsman Lake. What what does this project that the county has done? What what does that mean to them? I mean, is it something uh, that's going to make them feel better, sleep easier at night, help their property values? I mean, what, what's in it for the resident if, I, if I'm living around there? Right. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, re- homes, businesses, uh, a couple of them have, uh, you know, the, a rail line, uh, you know, obviously major mm-hmm. roads in the in the breach zone, what we refer to as the breach zone. Okay. zone. If, um, you know, let's say there was a failure, you know, how how many people would be impacted? So we call that the breach zone. Okay. So all those people should feel uh, a lot safer because uh, 
we now have upgraded these dams to meet uh, the state standards as well as NRCS's uh, standards okay. for, for dam safety. Okay. Uh, so that's what these rehabilitation right. Okay. And I'll just reiterate, there were, there, if I understand correctly, there weren't necessarily any issues but it's just been a matter of upgrading and making better. Yes, the the dam safety standards over the years since these facilities mm-hmm. were built have become more and more yeah. stringent and so just kind of keeping up with yes. standards and that kind of thing. But it's an it's an expensive process to do that as well. I mean, we're talking about a multi-million dollar project. That's right. Um, you know, on average each of these rehab uh, projects are you know, are cost a total of about, uh, you know, $3 million. When you look at the total project cost, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, it's about $3 mm-hmm. million. Some of that isn't captured there because, you know, the the staff time, uh, the county sure, staff time, sure. some of the technical assistance that NRCS provides, none of that is actually uh, accounted for in the total mm-hmm, project mm-hmm. estimate. We mentioned in the intro about $12 million, but good news for Fairfax County residents is that's not all coming out of the county budget. A lot of state funding as well. And then a, uh, right, reasons. federal. Yeah. It was actually uh, okay. primarily federal funding. Okay. Okay. Uh, so over $8 million from, okay. from the NRCS. Okay, awesome. So let's go back to the dam itself. And I'm not real technical, but I was trying to follow along as you were discussing it with the the, the main spillway and the auxiliary spillway, and I'm if I remember or understand correctly, the main spillway is what, if I'm standing and can visibly see the dam, the main spillway is the water I see coming over or uh, coming out <coughs> or coming yeah. around or <laughs> yeah all the, all the NRCS dams have a very unique characteristic okay. so if you if you come and you know you stand on the dam uh, you'll see uh, a relatively small looking uh, well some of them tend to be higher but mm-hmm. some of them are really low mm-hmm. uh, a concrete structure mm-hmm. uh, it's, it looks like we call it a riser uh, you know the principal spillway riser right and it, it's it's a fairly tall structure but most of it is under water mm. uh, and uh, so that's the principal spillway. Okay. That's where most of the water g- goes through. Right. It goes over a weir and it goes into a pipe through the dam. Oh, okay. Uh, most 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 storm events. Now, once you get to a, a, a fairly significant storm, something that you know is close to a, a hundred year event, mm-hmm. you know, which has somewhere near a one percent chance of occurring every year, right. that will pass through the auxiliary spillway, and then. The auxiliary, you know, all these dams were designed to hold, uh, you know, what's referred to as the PMF, which is the flow resulting from the maximum possible storm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they were originally designed for. But what we did find out from the White Oak Dam is that the the flows that that generates would actually cause erosion in the auxiliary spillway. So uh-huh. they needed to be hardened, um, and um, yeah. yeah, and 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 lengthened so that the flow would convey safely down to the stream valley. Okay. And this was a, we talked about the cost, but this was also not something you could, you know, snap your fingers and get done in two or three months. I mean, this was a multi-year project? Yes. uh, NRCS has a very uh, long planning horizon. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's typically 18 months or so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because you go through the public involvement uh, process, you develop all concepts, you um, you get feedback. In our case, actually, uh, when we did the first uh, two dams, uh, the chairman was actually the supervisor of the Braddock District mm-hmm. at that time, and she 
um, she suggested that we form a citizens advisory committee to mm. to provide input on the alternatives okay. um, and so forth. So and then it takes a, a, you know some time to design it, and then of course there's the construction period. That's true. So overall, you know, you're looking for each facility uh, from start to finish. It's about two and a half to to three years. Okay. And were these uh, each of these four dams kind of done at the same time, or did you finish one before moving on to the other? Yes, we, we we did it in in sequence. So okay. we they actually we, we actually they actually NRCS and the county went through a prioritization process. So we did Royal first, then Woodland, Barton, and then Huntsman. Okay. But what was uh, in this case what accelerated a little bit, uh, Woodland and Barton, is that you know the with the in two thousand seven the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. Mm. Um, Made available right. uh, some additional money, okay. and then our NRCS got in <laughs> touch with us and said, "Well, you know, I think we should take advantage right. of this. Uh, can you expedite, uh, you know, some of the design and so sure. on?" And, and you know, we, I think we, uh, you know, if you look at the the dates, uh, Woodland and and Barton were done very, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, very right. close to right. each other. I think. So not only uh, a, a lot of money, staff time years to complete, but I'm assuming not just public works employees involved or other agencies in the county. I mean, the public works and environmental services is a pretty big agency in the county just because of its responsibility, so a lot of coordination there, but other agencies involved as well. So a, a major project of coordination, cooperation, keeping the balls in the air kind of thing. Yes. Thing. Uh, the Northern Virginia Soil and Water Conservation District the way these dams were built is that we the, the NRCS uh, works with what they refer to as project sponsors. So the county and the Northern Virginia Soil and Water Conservation District were the sponsors. So officially, actually, the Northern Virginia Soil and Water Conservation District is the one that submits the application for uh, cost share funds. Mm-hmm. Um, so so they're, they're a very important partner. Right. The Park Authority, because all these facilities other than Lake Barton, uh, you know, it's is owned by, you know, we own the dam right. and maintain the dam, and we have the easements to to do that. But uh, it's all parkland for okay. five of them, right. and uh, so they were a very important partner. And then, of course, uh, you know, NRCS. One of the challenges in this project was really, uh, I guess, let me let me step back. The NRCS, the way they normally do these rehab projects, is they al- almost always, I believe, have the local sponsors mm-hmm. um, lead the construction effort. Mm-hmm. But what was unique in this case is that after we did the rehabilitation project, you know, they uh, came to us and uh, and said, you know, will you be able to manage the design? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, while Public Works does a lot of design projects, right. you know, these are fairly specialized um, in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, the standards mm-hmm. and so on. And and also, so it was a it was a fairly steep learning curve mm-hmm. to understand, you know, what their requirements right, was, right. you know, get it done right by one of our consulting engineers, and um, so so while it was a steep learning curve, I think we we uh, we became fairly effective at right, doing it right. and, and moved these along, sure. and, and I think it was you know by any measure, I think right. it was a very successful partnership. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting topic uh, talking about it because, as I mentioned at one point, you know, people that may be going on the parkland or going by and maybe see these dams, you know, it's like, oh, okay, there, you know, it, there it is. That's nice. You know, it's it's doing something, you know, whatever. It may, just don't think about it. But there, this is a, a huge project, huge time commitment, 
huge oversight issue. Um, so a lot of a lot of um, stuff. <laughs> my technical word. Yeah. A lot of stuff here in, involved in this that a lot of people don't realize. Yes. So well, of course we have the flood control uh, function. Yeah. So one of the other things that these lakes do is that they're very large, um, you know, the, what we refer to as the normal pool, which is the lake, you know, uh, the, nor- the normal level of the lake. Mm-hmm. So when it rains, it rises, and sure. then it falls back to that normal pool. That normal pool actually is traps a lot of sediment and nutrients. So it actually, these lakes have a significant water quality function. Mm. And what we found when we did Lake Barton Oh, all right. So again, let me step back. The, the NRCS has a requirement again that um, these lakes, the the sediment pool should have a minimum fifty year life hmm. before the rehab. Okay. And um, so when we did the the sediment survey at, at Lake Barton, we found that it had less than a fifty year life. And NRCS's uh, preferred um, solution for that was to simply raise the normal pool. Hmm. But we really couldn't do that because it was surrounded by the Burke. Uh, gotcha. Center Conservancy gotcha. property, right. and there were all kinds of issues with acquiring that land. Okay. So we decided to dredge the the sediment in in Lake Barton, and um, and uh, you know achieve right. the the fifty year. We actually we ended up yeah we ended up dredging the whole thing, so it now has about a, I think uh, about an eighty year life. Mm. Um, you know the, the the sediment pool, but what we found then when we did some um, some some analysis is that it was actually fairly cost-effective, even though the cost of dredging was very significant right. in terms of you know what you got uh, in terms of the sediment and uh, nutrient removal. So we've actually dredged Huntsman Lake as well, you know, with with our own, uh, right. with, with county funds, and we're going to be dredging Woodland Lake um, this this spring, mm-hmm. and probably in the fall we should be getting to Royal Lake. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we, there there are a couple of issues. We we still need to get approval from sure, the state sure. on okay. on these um, on the credits that we feel that you know the dredging projects right, have. Right. Uh, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, I hate to have to end it on that. And I told you before we started, time would fly, and it would seem like we just started. Unfortunately, we are uh, out of time, and we need to to kind of wrap it up. But put you on the spot, uh, thirty seconds. Is there something I haven't asked you? Is there something you want to make sure? folks know about the dams in the county or this project in in particular or is there a telephone number or anything folks could call to, to get more information just just kind of the wide open question at the end let you have the mic for really like I said 15 20 30 seconds yeah well, well all, all the information on the rehabs is on the uh, you know those the district web pages so Braddock and Springfield districts are the ones um, so there's information on on the rehab projects. They're primarily done except for the dredging projects that mm-hmm. I just mentioned. Huntsman mm-hmm. was just completed in um, in September last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and um, and so you know if I could just take just a few seconds to um, very quickly, yeah, you know when I was as I said when I was growing up, I remember watching this show, you know, uh, the Six Million Dollar Man, right, right. <laughs> and then you know it always ends with. Uh, 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 better, faster, stronger. So now these these dams at a cost of twelve million dollars have are 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 stronger, better, and safer. Awesome. That is that is an excellent point to end on. Deepmani Kumar, engineer with the Department of Public Works Environmental Services Stormwater Planning Division, talking about uh, some infrastructure and rehabilitation of dams in the county that again a lot of us take for granted, see and don't really see, but provide a uh, uh, excellent uh, 
benefits to county residents by them being there. And we thank you for being here with us on the podcast and for you and your uh, division and department's work on this, uh, this huge project. Thanks uh, for listening to the County Conversation. If you'd like to get more Fairfax County news and events, just go online to fairfaxcounty.gov news. You can also call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. The County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.